Welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am your host, Kristen Goodman. I am a certified life coach and a mother to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Did you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you'll find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. Hi, everyone. I'm Kristen, and you are listening to episode 12. Today, we're going to talk about conflict resolution and helping our children get along. All right, so I just got back from Utah yesterday. I had a girl's trip with my mother-in-law and sister-in-laws. We had a great time. We stayed in an Airbnb, and it was so much fun and so interesting because it was a penthouse above a restaurant, Benihana, and it's in downtown Salt Lake City, if you're familiar with the area. And anytime you go somewhere you've never been before, you know, you have to figure out how to, how to get there, where to park, and all of that. And, and so it was a really, it ends, it, it's a really cool story now and so fun now. But at the time it was, we were like, what is happening? Where are we? What are we doing? You had to go into this penthouse through a restaurant, climbing up stairs and then up an elevator. And it was probably a hundred year old elevator. It had those old doors, old school doors that shut and then another door that shut behind that one. And it was so rickety, it made super weird noises. It had a big jump and jolt at the end. And sometimes it didn't work and wouldn't get you to the right floor. So you'd have to try again. But that made it all the more fun. We have some good memories of getting up that elevator and um, hanging out in Salt Lake City. So it was a good time. Um, so what made me think of this podcast episode though was while I was away from my family um one my daughter went to her senior prom she looked beautiful and it was such a good time for her I was super sad to not be here but we facetimed and so it was fine but I don't know about you when you're gone if your kids text you so I got a couple of texts from one of my kids and just basically saying how her sister was stealing her clothes and wanting me to talk to her about it. But of course it wasn't, it wasn't in such a sweet, like, will you please talk to so-and-so about taking my clothes? It was like, mom, can you believe that blah, 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 you know, kind of a rant about how her sister's always stealing her clothes and anyways, wanting me to resolve it. And so I thought today, let's talk about conflict resolution because something that I'm going to work on is helping my children solve their own problems, resolve their own conflicts, stepping back and just letting them figure it out. Of course, there are times where we need to step in and help, but not all of the time. And so the tips that I'm going to give you today, I've gotten from um, Positive Parenting Solutions And they are applicable from four years old to late teens. So if you have young kids, old kids, these tips will be helpful. So of course, siblings are going to fight. Kids are going to fight with each other. I have four girls. They're going to fight over clothes. That's just part of the deal. So we know that we can't stop it completely. It's, it's actually a healthy way for kids to learn how to communicate, 
to navigate relationships, how to give and take and compromise. So it's good. It's good for them to have conflict and for them to learn how to resolve conflict. That's how you resolve conflict by having a conflict, right? But if it is all of the time and your kids are constantly fighting or constantly constantly name calling, it really affects the feel of your home and your home can start to feel contentious and loud and frustrating. And so the goal with this today is to help you help your children resolve their conflicts and create more peace in your home. Okay, so the first tip I'm going to give you is to ignore the argument in the moment. So typically, when you hear your kids fighting, you just want to step in. You want to make it stop. And your brain immediately goes to, all right, who did what? Call them out. Stop hitting your brother. Go to timeout. Whatever it is, you're in there. You're the referee. You're trying to stop it. So what I want your new mindset to be when you hear your kids fighting is, I want this to be your thought, okay? For your thought model, this is your thought. It's not my job to stop their fights or solve their disputes. It's not your job. I know a lot of us moms feel like it is our job to keep our kids from fighting, but it's not, it's not, it's not your job to stop your kids fights or to solve their disputes. So think about this. One of the main payoffs that kids experience when we get involved in their fights is attention, right? Some children may begin a fight simply to get your attention, right? So they've, they kind of are in this habit of wanting your attention and they know how to get it. Um, and they'll, they'll do things because they know you will get involved. So removing the attention payoff is actually pretty simple. You just ignore it or appear to ignore it. All right. So you're going to, if you are hearing some fighting, when your kids see you, they're just going to keep going and they want you to hear them. They want you to get involved. They want you to assign blame. They want you to stop the aggressor and find the victim and, and they know. And so they want you to get involved. So I want you to listen to their fight, but from a distance and from a place where your kids can't see you because maybe you will need to intervene. But in order to practice this, ignoring the fighting, you need to get to where they cannot see you. So you're going to appear to ignore it. Okay. And then after, see if they've resolved it. A lot of times after you have done this a few times, your kids will stop fighting just for the attention and that will be able to control a little bit of how much they're fighting. You will see their fighting diminish because you will have been ignoring it. They won't get that payoff. So then after, when everything is calm, you can have a conversation with them. Say, I've noticed, and this is the the key um, phrase that I love to use is I've noticed that when you want to be critical or give a criticism, but you don't want it to be in a way that's, that's really judgmental or shaming or accusatory. I love using the phrase. I've noticed that. So I've noticed that when you fight, I often jump in and get involved, but I have confidence that you can find a way to work it out on your own in the future. So from now on, I will be staying out of your fights and leaving it up to you to resolve them. You're not going to say that in the middle of your kids fighting. They won't hear you. So make sure you choose a calm moment 
and say it to them afterwards. And then the next time a fight erupts, you're going to leave the room. And they're gonna see you leave the room and they're gonna know and remember, oh, we're fighting, My, our mom isn't gonna get involved anymore. And they're gonna see you leave the room. Or if you're not in the room and you hear it, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna go in to that room. And this is going to send them a signal. This lack of a signal sends them a signal, right? That they're on their own to figure this out. And of course, if someone is being physically harmed or emotionally harmed, for sure, step in and do what you need to do. All right, so the second part of this is training your kids to resolve conflicts. So if you're going to ignore the fighting, they need to know how to solve it. So you're going to train your kids to work things out on their own. How do we do this? So if you have to intervene on a fight, I want you to avoid these three things. Avoid solving the problems for them, avoid taking sides, and avoid becoming the judge and jury, the referee. It's exhausting as a mom. I know what that feels like when you feel like you're the referee, you're, you're the one having to protect one child and punish the other child. It's really exhausting. So this idea of ignoring fights and teaching our kids to resolve their own conflicts is so freeing for you as a mom. So start thinking of your role as to help your children communicate and you are the facilitator of conversation, okay? You're helping them learn how to solve their conflicts. And I love this idea from Positive Parenting Solutions. She says, think of yourself like a sportscaster. Okay, a sportscaster addresses both sides after a game, but they don't take sides. So kind of think about your role like that. You want to acknowledge the feelings of each of your kids without making judgments, without assigning blame. You know, one being the aggressor, one being the victim. We don't want any of your children to be a victim, right? And we don't want the aggressor or the one who's always causing the fights to, to be in that role and to feel like that is who they are. And so we don't want to even assign that role to them. There is no aggressor. There's no victim. You, I want you to objectively listen, acknowledge the feelings of each of your kids. So that would sound like, wow, you seem really upset or you seem, you sound angry about this. Tell me, tell me why and give both of your children a chance to tell their side of the story. Even if it makes complete sense to you and you know exactly what happened, I want you to listen because you might not know everything that happened or everything that led up to what your child did, right? How can we begin to know the thoughts and feelings of our children? So even if it seems like an obvious situation, I want you to tell your children that you won't listen to blame or finger pointing. You are just going to listen to the facts. And so your children are able to tell you the facts without blaming or finger pointing. And then ask your children to begin with an I feel statement. So I feel angry because, or I feel frustrated because. And this is so important because then it helps your children to know that their feelings are okay and to acknowledge their feelings. And you are validating their feelings by, by listening and by repeating and, and letting them know that you hear them 
and it's okay that they're angry and they can talk about it. And then when you are angry, it's okay to feel angry. So what do you do when you get angry? You know, hitting or kicking or throwing things is not okay, even when you're angry, but it's okay to be angry. All right. So once you've heard about the problem from both sides, then ask this question, what ideas do you have to solve this problem? Then see what your kids come up with. This takes practice. It's not going to go perfectly the first time you try this, but it will over time get easier. See what your kids come up with and see what kind of solutions they can agree to. And if you're lucky, that's all you need to do. Your kids will find a solution and you can carry on your merry way. And then hopefully over time, they will be able to resolve their conflicts on their own. But it does take practice and you will get pushback. So expect that pushback from your kids. They're going to want you to intervene. They're going to want to see their sibling punished. But just remember, it's not your job to stop, to stop their fights or solve their disputes. So you can put your ideas out there, but it's up to your child. It's your child's job to find solutions. So keep that thought in the back of your mind to help you stay calm and centered in what your, your role is. Okay, your child's role is to find solutions. Your role is just to help them. Sometimes that might be letting your child be upset, ignoring them, um, offering ideas, helping them, but knowing that it is their job. It's up to them. And I think for me, this helps me when I when I'm doing my thought work and I realize, okay, I can control the thoughts I have about it. The words that my child is saying, the actions, the things that they are doing, that is not why I am feeling upset. At first you might think it is, of course, you're going to think that because of the circumstance, that is why I'm feeling this way, but that's never, that's never the reason. It's always your thoughts about it. And that doesn't mean I coach a lot of moms and it's I always get this question and I remember having these questions myself. And in fact, I asked Tony Overbay about it in one of my previous episodes about feeling like, well, if I, if I coach myself to think about it in a different way, or if I'm not judging and I'm being curious, I feel like it makes me more lenient. So is that okay? And I loved his response. I can't remember off the top of my head what he said, but he said something like, as parents, we go to all or nothing. So it's like if we if we think more positively about a situation or more neutrally about a situation, like it doesn't have to be this big problem, then all of a sudden our minds go to, well, then it's not a problem at all and everything's great. So it's very black and white. It's very all or nothing, and that's not how it is. So even if you feel, if you struggle with, okay, well, my, okay, that my thoughts are creating my feelings, but I don't also want to have my thought that my child should not do this, then where does that leave me? And so what I want to help you see is just like this thought that I'm giving you in this episode, that it is not your job to stop your kids from fighting or solve their disputes. And then I'm giving you tips and tricks to help facilitate communication with your kids, right? So if that's your thought, that it's not your job to stop your kids from fighting, guess what? Instead of your brain thinking thoughts 
that are going to find evidence for why this is your job. And now you are failing and your kids are not listening to you. You should be able to stop your kids from fighting. Do you see how that one thought that you, you, it's your job to stop your kids from fighting then spirals into other thoughts because your kids are still fighting. So do you see how that thought is creating this frustration for you? And so we're just going to change your thought. Your kids are still going to fight, but we're changing your thought to it's not your job to stop their fights or solve their disputes. So when you think that thought, you remember, okay, I'm here to help them resolve conflict. So it's good that my kids are fighting to, so that they can learn to resolve conflict. How can I do this? All of a sudden, your brain is going to find solutions for that question. Your kids are still fighting. You have different thoughts about it. It's going to give you different feelings. So do you see how the circumstance of your kids fighting is not creating your feelings? Because both of those thoughts, one makes you feel frustrated and feel like a failure. The other one makes you feel in control and curious and find solutions. So that is what I'm talking about here. And that can happen with any circumstance. There is no circumstance out there that creates a feeling in you. But that also doesn't mean that you want to always change your thoughts about it. And that could be an entirely different episode, but I'm going to keep this about helping our children resolve conflict. And real quick, that is why when I introduce my course with our group coaching program, it's going to be so powerful because learning these parenting tools and applying them to how you show up with your kids, along with coaching and understanding why you think the way that you're thinking and do you want to keep the thoughts that you have and knowing that it isn't anything outside of you creating your feelings. It is your thoughts creating your feelings. You are able to access so much more power. Your brain is powerful. And when you really know how to manage your thoughts, you are so much, you will be so much more in tune. You know the answers, you know how to parent your children and how to help them. But we got to get rid of all the drama getting in the way because it really is simple. I'm not saying anything in this podcast that you don't know. Okay. Or that you couldn't figure out. Right. But there's a lot of drama in all of us that keep us from, from doing those simple things because we want to be stuck in our story. We want to hold on to the story that we have. Um, and we just don't know. Sometimes we don't know that our thoughts are creating our feelings. So we don't know what those thoughts even are. And if we do know the thought, we feel like they're true. All right. So going back to helping our children solve solutions, I want to talk about this distinction of two different things. So I want to talk about tattling versus informing. So we've got tattling. That's what my daughter did when she texted me telling on her sister. She wants her sister to get in trouble for stealing her clothes. All right. So my response to her since I was out of town is that we will talk about it later. We have not talked about it yet, but, um, what I will say to her is how do you want to solve this problem? How do you feel like we should resolve this? What are some things that you can do to help solve this problem? 
and then we can have a discussion about it. Because remember, it's her job to figure out solutions. I can help, but it's not my job to, to fix this, right? All right, so that's tattling. One of your siblings wants to get the other in trouble, and they want you to get involved. They want you to punish. That's a form of tattling. We want to distinguish between tattling and informing, though, because informing is letting an adult know about a dangerous situation. So if your child knows of something happening where someone could get hurt or someone is getting hurt, they need to tell someone. They need to tell an adult, and that is not tattling. That is informing. They are helping someone by informing an adult about what is going on, and that is totally okay. Tattling is telling on someone so they will get in trouble. And so distinguish between those two things. If the situation is dangerous or if someone's going to get hurt, they need to tell an adult that is informing. But if it's a problem that they can resolve on their own and they just want their sibling or someone else to get into trouble, that's more like tattling. And make sure your kids can see that distinction. You can ask if your child is tattling because it's a habit and it'll be something that will take practice to get out of. Ask them, what have you done to help solve this problem? So you're kind of giving it back to them. You're putting it back on them. What have they done to solve this problem? That would be actually a really good question for me to ask my daughter. What has she done to help solve this problem? And she would say nothing. Or she would say, I texted you so that you could solve it. Um, What have you done to help your brother or sister? So in this situation, what would my daughter, what has my daughter done to help her sister know that she can't steal her clothes? There are solutions there that she would be able to find. Put it back on their child. Focus on problem solving, not on who gets in trouble. That's huge. And that's a, that's a mental mindset shift that will be so helpful and help release you from being that referee. Like you're the one who has to implement the consequence, get someone in trouble. No, we're just finding solutions. No one needs to get into trouble. We're problem solving here. That doesn't mean you can't have consequences, of course, but I like to have consequences in place beforehand. So your children should know, and that's where when you, when everyone is calm and you're coming back to discuss something, implement a consequence beforehand. So then it's not on the spot, you're punishing someone, right? It's like, we've already discussed this. If this happens, this is your consequence, okay? So when I say no one needs a punishment, That's what I'm talking about. Don't just dole out punishments on the spot. Have consequences in place. Your kids will know that they are there and it will be so much easier for you to stay drama-free about it when your kids are upset. Okay, this last one, this quote I wanna read to you, I read it and and it, it struck a nerve, I will say, because I have four kids, my youngest is 11, and if you can relate to this, if you have a baby in the family, okay, no one can hurt my baby. <laughs> She's 11. No one can say anything mean to her. And if they do, they're going to have to deal with me, okay? The baby of the family just gets a little more maybe leniency or a little more leeway. They can kind of do no wrong. I don't know why that is. They're your last one. 
things that were a major problem with your oldest or that you, you felt were so important with your oldest, with your youngest, you kind of know the bigger picture and you're like, it's okay. They're going to figure it out. Right. Um, they're going to be potty trained by the time they get to kindergarten. We don't need to be stressing about it at 18 months. You just kind of have this bigger picture mindset, but the baby of the family is the baby of the family and they, they need to be (laughs) treated nicely. I don't know. I'm just giving you a little bit of a taste of what my life is like. So I read this quote and this is from Rudolf Dreikers. He's a doctor and he's an author of children the challenge. I've never read that book, but I do like this quote. And it's, it's something that's giving me pause to think about in the way that I help my kids resolve conflicts. When, if you have a child who's always being the instigator and the aggressor, and then if you have a child, that's always the victim. Okay. And in my family, it might be the baby of the family is always the victim. Um, not that she acts like the victim, but in my mind, I'm making her the victim because she's my baby and I got to protect her. So here's what he says. He says, when we side with the baby, protect one from the other, stand up for the seemingly abused one, we reinforce his feeling of inferiority and teach the victim how to use deficiency and weakness to gain special consideration thus encouraging the very problem we're trying to eliminate. That was a lot of words, but I want you to think about it. I'm going to read it really quick one more time. When we side with the baby, we're protecting one from the other. We stand up for the abused one. We reinforce his feeling of inferiority and teach the victim how to use deficiency and weakness to gain special consideration, thus encouraging the very problem we're trying to eliminate. Wow. So you have the situation, you have the instigator, you have the child who's hurt and crying. My heart immediately wants to go to the child who's hurt and crying. But in doing that, I'm making them a victim and I'm making them feel like they need me to intervene. They're powerless that someone else has power. I'm not teaching them how to control and be capable of handling the situation. Do you see that? And so notice that. Notice when when that happens with you and your family and don't judge yourself for it. Don't feel like you're doing it all wrong, okay? That won't get you anywhere. We do the best that we can until we know better. And then we can practice doesn't mean we're going to get it right 100% of the time. The good news is if you have kids, they're going to fight. You will have lots of practice teaching them how to solve their problems. Okay? Think Think about it as practice. All right? It's not a problem. It's just practice. All right. Have a great week. I hope that you gained some ideas or little nuggets of knowledge from this episode that you can apply with your with your kids. And if you did, or if you have from past episodes, I would love to hear about it. You can send me a DM on Instagram. Thank you to everyone who listens and tells me on Instagram that you listened. It seriously makes my day. Thank you so much. Um, I'm grateful that you're here, grateful for your reviews. 
and I will talk at you next week. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my most requested training is available to you right now for free. Grab my How to Avoid a Power Struggle with your teen over on my website, kristengoodmancoaching.com. Simply click on the Here's How button and you'll be in. Interested in working with me one-on-one? I've got a four-week intro course to self-coaching that you won't want to miss. Find more info at kristengoodmancoaching.com forward slash self-coaching mastery. Thanks again for listening. Remember, you are the best parent for your teen. Talk to you soon.